But there's something really interesting, I think, about puppet theatre that's very different to conventional theatre, in that I feel as though um, it's, I think it's to do with empathy, really, because when we see something that we know isn't real, we kind of buy into that game in the same way we did when we were a little child with a piece of wood or a doll. Today, I'm talking to Alison Daddle about her work as a puppeteer. Hello, Good Petra. Afternoon. Good afternoon, Alison. Good afternoon. It's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. It's lovely to meet you too. <laughs> Um, you are a puppeteer and I, I've discovered you on Instagram and, and it's so fascinating the work that you're doing. Uh, are you now in a in sort of your workshop because I see a lot of a lot of things going on in the background. <laughs> yes, I'm in my workshop. I thought it would be interesting to be in my workshop because that's where it all happens. And uh, yep, yeah, I have uh, puppets and masks from previous productions behind me and you know there's always something in progress as well <laughs> but how long have you been doing this ah well quite a long time okay. <laughs> i haven't put a number on it probably oh, okay. about, probably about 25 years i think yeah, yeah around 25 years i um started really when I was living in the United States and I got involved with a puppet and mask theatre called In the Heart of the Beast Puppet and Mask Theatre in Minneapolis and they were just really wonderful and welcoming and I got so excited about their way of making art that was very socially engaged and beautiful and inspiring and so I started there and I've just carried on and some things are still very influenced by their work and other things, uh, you know, things progress and change and you develop as an artist. So, yeah. But, but were you as a child interested in puppets? What drew, what drew you to this, uh, this art form? Wow. Um, was I interested in puppets? Not particularly, but I definitely remember having sort of like dreams about having little fairies that came to live in my house. And, you know, I guess like a lot of children, just that fascination with the miniature and the otherworldly um, and just an idea that there could be sort of a secret other life that only you knew about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it definitely hadn't progressed into puppetry, but it was, uh, yeah, about imagination and fantasy and small worlds yeah so it's, it's so great to hear that because when I was a child I always believed in the little you know the the little uh, mushrooms that grew on the grass mm -hmm. I always believed that there were fairies living in there well, and and I got not. so upset when the when the children would kick the the little mushrooms on the on the grass <laughs> because <laughs> I was thinking they're destroying the the houses of the fairies yeah <laughs> Well, they probably were. <laughs> <laughs> but Alison, now um, this is an art form, but there's in in many ways really because it's it's sculpting and it's also, um, I mean, it's it's very visual. I don't know. It's it's like storytelling. There's so many aspects of of this art form that that's so interesting. So, um, did you have 
sort of uh, the the and the sculpting part of it now did you have training to be able to do that I didn't I didn't train at an art school or university I actually started down a different route and I um, was originally studying um, literature English and German literature and specifically medieval literature that's where I thought I was going but when I was at school I so loved making art and I loved working with my hands and I just remember a moment when I was about 22 and I was doing a master's thinking, I, I don't want this world, I, I need to make things. And so I really just um, got involved at every opportunity I could in helping somebody who I knew who was a maker. And um, I had really been very lucky at, second, at school when I was a teenager that we had a fantastic ceramics tutor and I really had made a lot of sculpture then. And so it was, you know, that period of university, I didn't make mm -hmm. things and then I came back to it. And still it's my favorite part of the process is the sculpting in the clay and creating a, thinking about who a character is and trying to imagine their life through the sculpture. Um, so when I'm creating a mask or a puppet head, that's really when I start to think about who this person is. So you you see the the you see the character in your mind before you start working, or does it evolve while you were while you are working? Well, it it really depends on the production. Uh, sometimes, if I'm so I'm freelance puppet, puppet maker as well as making my own work. So when I'm making things for other people they quite often will have an idea already of who this character is. There may be a script, there may be, you know, the director may have a pre-existing idea. So then I'm really trying to just channel into their vision. But when I'm making my own work and I start with writing, um, sort of still fairly early on in that, trying to imagine who the characters are comes so much from working in the clay and doing the sculpture. And then there's another whole another level, which is when you give that puppet or mask to a performer and they find its other life, its movement life, that's, that's something completely different again. So it's it's definitely layers. It's not as straightforward as if it's just a piece of sculpture that I, you know, yeah. that, that I see the whole picture. It's actually more of a collaborative process, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it almost uh, draw lines for me now to the animators that I talk to. You know, it's mm -hmm. also this character development and it's also this collaboration because it's everybody's input in this, you know, in this art form. Yes, I think it's very similar to, to animation in that way. You know, there are the people who are the model makers, the sculptors, and then there are the people that are the animators and the, and the writers. And... Quite, once production gets bigger, the more um, divided yeah. each role becomes. But the lovely thing about creating a piece of work from the beginning is to be involved in all of those processes. So to be involved in the writing and the sculpture and the and the um, direction. So you know, working out which parts of of a performer's movement world you need to keep in the story and which parts you know. So that's that's really interesting. 
But we associate puppets with children's theater, but yet it is not necessarily. It's it's more. I mean, you can really do amazing uh, productions mm-hmm. with it, and it, it's not necessarily children based, but also adult based. Absolutely, and um, I. Um... It's a really interesting thing. I've I've made a lot of work for children and I've make a lot, made a lot of work for adults and both are really rich in different ways. But there's something really interesting, I think, about puppet theatre that's very different to conventional theatre in that I feel as though um, it's, I think it's to do with empathy, really, because when we see something that we know isn't real, we kind of buy into that game in the same way we did when we were a little child with a piece of wood or a doll. And it, although as an adult, we may be watching a piece of theatre that, you know, is more is more challenging than would be suitable for a child, I think we still enter into that with that same openness that a child has when they approach a piece of theatre and that um, that want to play along with, the the rules of that game that are being set up that want to care about what's happening and the characters it's it's really interesting it kind of opens a little door in in the observer in the audience for adding our own imagination into a piece in a way that conventional theatre does less I think because it's telling us so much about what to think yeah but is this um, an art form that is um, growing or is it something that needs to be more uh, highlighted? You would say, is it something that's that's becoming popular or, uh, you know, because you don't see as much. You don't, it's, it's not a very well-known also industry behind the scenes, you know. If, if you, yeah. if, I, if I just look, for example, finding puppeteers because I've been looking for puppeteers to talk to and it's not you're not everywhere you know <laughs> I guess I see a lot of puppeteers because maybe that's the little world oh, you I... are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I would say actually there's a little bit of a revival at the moment really? in in puppetry in theatre I think you know what I would say Obviously, it's a really ancient art form. There's always been puppet theatre. And then, the you know, there are lots of different threads and kind of um, families of puppet theatre, I suppose. But I would say in the last 10 years, maybe, um, I think I've seen more puppet puppetry involved in other theatre. So not necessarily a complete puppet theatre, although that does exist but I think more and more theatre directors, certainly in this country, are thinking, oh, how can we integrate other, you know, other forms into the work? And so, yeah, I think I think there's a kind of a revival. A lot of people would probably say it was around that time that Warhorse came onto the stage oh, yeah. mm-hmm. because a lot of people saw that piece who wouldn't normally think of puppets as something they would want to see and went, oh, actually, do you know what? Puppetry is really exciting. Um, And certainly in this country, it's kind of led to a lot of productions that have animals in them, Um, which which can be really 
fantastic too. But there's another way of using puppets in uh, conventional theatre, which which is more exciting to me, which is kind of like exploring the the dream world, kind of the mm -hmm. area in between reality and um, in between realities, you know, mm -hmm. so that the more imaginative, the more um, un, uh, yeah, unheimlich, you know, that kind of strange, the strangeness yeah. is our subconscious world, I think. That's yeah, but you're talking about a war horse now, and I mean, that's a that's a sort of um, a combination of two art forms, but I yeah. also see that you have you have used your puppets in in opera as well that's right yes mm -hmm. um, and um i recently worked with um uh, well i worked on a couple of operas in the last couple of years both very small scale um but yes um one was a contemporary opera about um care about it was all connected with the pandemic and how important caregivers are to to people um and so for that i created a puppet of an old of an older woman who was at the end of her life and the carer that was looking after her and the carer was the singer and the puppet uh at that point died and the reason that we used a puppet for that role is that we wanted her to literally um disappear into the ether okay. so as her kind of soul spirit left her body uh, the puppet separated into parts so you can do things you can create metaphors that you can't with an actor so sometimes a puppet is exactly what you need for that moment and then the other opera i worked on recently was um with a conservatoire here in uh west yorkshire in leeds and they were all young opera singers and we created a, a piece called The Light Princess, which was um, uh, also a new opera, but it was sort of really for them to learn the repertoire. And it was about a princess who is cursed a little bit like Sleeping Beauty, but instead of sleeping, she floats until she can find her gravity. So that was a really fun thing to work on, training the young singers to also be puppeteers. Amazing. And how do they um, work with these puppets? Is it for them easy? Because they're used to working with with people, you know, with, with yeah, other singers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think some people, you can really see some people have total instinct for that yeah. and other people not. Um, I would say sometimes actors and singers, their, their need or their, their training and their instinct is to put their own energy forward. And there's a thing that's slightly different about working with a puppet, which is about support, supporting the energy of something else and being okay. able to channel your energy and your voice and your, um, yeah, focus through something that's not you. So that's your vehicle to the audience. And that's that can be a little tricky, I think, for some people. Actually, dancers are great at it. They're used to making shapes with their bodies. Um, yeah. But it's just about channeling what we all were able to do when we were a child, which is play and believe in something else, that, that it has a life as well. But your puppets have moving parts. Is this something that you specifically specialise in? 
because they I saw there you were working on things and then you it's it's specific that it has working parts. Yes, I would say um I've made many different types of puppets and it really depends on the piece that it's being made for. Um, but, you know, when you know what the needs of a production are, you might know that something needs to be able, like uh, you might make a bird and you know it needs to be able to flap its wings, it needs to be able to look around. It needs, you know, there might be certain actions that are important and so then you do need to, embed those mechanisms into the sculpture. Um, but also sometimes the most beautiful puppets, and I would say uh, in a theatre environment where you can really focus on something, the most beautiful puppets are actually incredibly simple. And it's just mm -hmm. about that interplay between the sculpture and the movement of the puppeteer and the focus and the imagination of the audience. and to me, sometimes that can be the most um, the most eloquent, the most elegant puppet that's not really super techy, but but just is um, allowed to have its time and its space. Um, but the other part of it, the moving parts, is always for me a learning process. It's always really? a challenge. It's always like oh no, I need to make this do this. And it's really important. I can't fake it. It needs to be able to, you know, have legs yeah. that walk properly or whatever. And then it's, uh, yeah, then it's Alison, yeah. the, then it's Alison <laughs> the engineer. Exactly. Then you have to like, <laughs> drag out that engineering part. That's not my natural comfort zone. But, you know, you have to learn things. Yeah. And um, yeah. I learn from other puppeteers. We're a really wonderful sharing community, I would say. I learn from other puppeteers who are more geeky than me. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I can make that work. And uh, yeah, so learn things and adapt them and make them your own. I'm actually just going to next week be teaching a course in Newcastle at the Puppet Festival there in uh, puppet making. So we'll be making a tabletop puppet. And so part of that is uh, the sculpting, but then there's a part of it is teaching certain kind of um, jointing, so mechanisms. Oh, mm -hmm. um, so that'll be really interesting to uh, show people how to make those things. Yeah. So on, in these, uh, these workshops that you do, these are all people uh, working as puppeteers or they're just people interested so if somebody's just interested in doing something in that you know for themselves is that also the people that come to your workshops yes i, I actually don't know the whole uh i don't know everybody who's coming to do this workshop oh, okay. so fantastic to meet them wherever they are but yeah. it's certainly open to people who are not existing puppeteers mm -hmm. or people who are but just want to have a week experimenting and learning somebody else's method because we can all learn from each other you know yeah. I I take workshops with other puppeteers sometimes okay. because everybody brings something different to the art form that's inspiring um and yeah just to just to be in other people's presence and play with materials and create something new is is exciting so I know that I have some people who have already made some puppets and I know that there are some uh, younger artists who 
I certainly earlier on in their journey that are um, just really <gasps> so soaking up all the information they can so that they can make too. That's amazing. But now can you, do you have a puppet there that you can show us? I do. Um, yes, I can show you. Well, I have, um, yeah, this is a goldfinch puppet. This is kind of a techie puppet, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> and that it, um, oh, a head. So, and he has wings that can flap. Amazing. He's a carved puppet. It's a carved puppet um, that's actually a part of um, a touring piece that I've made, which is a cycle-powered carousel. Um, and it has mm -hmm. all hand-carved wooden animals on it. And I worked with a, um, a metal work, a kinetic artist who made the mechanism for it. And so that tours around and it has lots of different wildlife animals. And this is one of the puppets that goes with it. So Amazing. this little guy. So it's it's made from wood. It's a carved wood. It's carved from lime wood, linden, um, uh, which is I use a lot because it's, a uh, native wood to here, okay. um, mm. but it has really lovely straight grain. It's not mm. too difficult to carve, um, and that's the wood that I'll be using for the course uh, next week. Yeah, and um, you you carve? Do you do the carving? I do the carving. So yeah, amazing. I, the material. I sort of. I think the materials that I prefer to use are either wood, if it's. Generally, if it's fairly small and wants some detail, or I also really love to use clay and papier-mâché um, if it's okay. something that's a little bigger. So yeah. um, this is a mask. Um, wow. It's actually an unpainted mask that I made a few years ago. Um, but it, uh, so I would start with a big lump of clay and then cover it in papier-mâché and then um, it may be used unpainted in a performance, or I might, um, this one uh, was one that uh, was made for an outdoor performance. This is a high head mask, so it sits on top of somebody's head. Oh, I see, yeah. It's got a very particular um, cross-hatched painting style because I wanted it to look a little bit like an engraving. Oh, okay, yeah. Because of the That's production. beautiful. Oh, wow. So this is a little, so yes, another, this is another head for a puppet that I, is unfinished. I started it, but this is a wooden one. Okay. But the, it, it looks so um, real, I mean, lifelike, isn't it? It's, oh. you, you look like, you, you, you're a sculptor. <laughs> it's oh, beautiful. That's definitely the part of the process that I have the most yeah. is the, the sculpting part but then mm. I say that but I also love the performance part mm. I'm not I'm not um I'm not a natural performer myself I really much prefer to give the puppet to somebody else who I know will bring life to it and be that outside eye kind mm. of the making the picture from the outside but if you use somebody now so if somebody else takes the puppet um is it? Do you get sometimes where you a bit disappointed in how they would make the character come alive, or do you? Are you always happy with the way people do that? 
No, I think it's always a conversation. You know, I think people bring something to it and then you might, that might spark an idea and you say, ah, actually, do you know what? If you just, at that moment, if you just lift the head, um, okay. that will that will allow me to, you know, understand that character's thoughts or, yeah, just if you could do that, but if you just slow it down to half that speed, that would be beautiful. So it's always a conversation. So a puppeteer, as long as they understand the basics of giving focus to the puppet and, you know, um, imagining its weight and imagining its, you know, its inner life, as yeah. long as they bring those those things to the table, they always know that it's important that there's somebody on the outside who can see what's happening, that they, they can't see themselves. And so you you develop that performance together. This almost uh, makes me think about uh, composers, because I speak mm -hmm. to composers as well, and, and I've always asked this question, if if the, the musicians who play the music, if they understand what the composer wanted. And uh, and this is the same, you know, that, that you say, and they also talk about this communication, this Mm -hmm. understanding you know from the musician's side but then also from the composer being very happy about the way it's being interpreted so it's it's the same thing with with puppeteering then as well yeah it's I think it's probably the same with with so many art forms that involve an outside eye you know that director yeah. eye um that 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 there's kind of a, a magic that comes between those two roles, between the performer who has their instincts and they have an openness to play and explore and bring their ideas to the table, but then also that acknowledgement that the person on the outside who's trying to guide the story or guide the image can see things that the performer doesn't see. And, you know, that that's where the interesting yeah the interesting conversations start yeah now Alison what what are the wishes for you now still for the future oh wishes well I um you always want to make the thing that's really beautiful okay <laughs> do you know what I mean I, yeah quite often when I look at the things that I've made before I kind of think well it was fine in that for that role um, but as an object, I'm not, you know, there are things I would change about it. Absolutely. So there's always that constant striving to make something more and more and more satisfying to, to yourself, to explore those things more um, and just explore more stories. You know, that's exciting. I'm currently talking to some performers in Iraq about some stories that they want to tell and that at the moment that's very exciting to me to think about oh, how does the way that I work meet a, another culture another set of traditions another set of people and how what's that conversation like so yeah it's yeah that's amazing all interesting <laughs> yeah well I'm just thinking now in in South Africa there's the Khoi Khoi um a tribe and I've just recently seen that they also um make these animals 
um, and also the puppets and telling stories, their cultural stories. So uh, it's wonderful. I, I didn't think about it now. It's just when you, you talked about now mm-hmm. about these stories, it's a wonderful way to, you know, to, to bring these stories alive again. Mm-hmm. And South Africa has such an amazing, rich uh, tradition, mm-hmm. both of traditional puppetry, as you say, that's been there for generations and generations. And then uh, there are other really exciting puppeteers who um, have sort of developed that art within our uh, our lifetime, you know. So Handspring, obviously, are really well known around the world, but also there are other fantastic puppeteers making making contemporary work that's playing with those traditional African art forms and with European influence and putting yeah. those things together and making something amazing. Yeah. Wow, this is so interesting. Well, Alison, this was so lovely talking to you. I'm just, first of all, I want to say I'm so happy that you also believe that they lived fairies in, in the mushrooms in oh, my yeah. garden. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. They still live there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you've you just opened up such a great world for me. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just absolutely wonderful what you're doing and um and i hope that all your wishes come true and that you you make the most beautiful puppet store (laughs) (laughs) it was really lovely talking to you petra thanks so much for inviting me for this conversation and yeah really really lovely to it's a great pleasure i i so want to just highlight all these different forms of art and yeah, I'm always so amazed and, and you know, the things and all the collaborations people do. It's, you, you, I just draw lines and connect. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just amazing how all these art forms just come together. It's wonderful. wonderful. Alison, wishing you a wonderful weekend and thank you so yeah. much for your time. Thank you too. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>